So good. It's exciting. Tomorrow we have uh, Chris Vinant with us in the morning, and um, I'm actually so excited because I'm excited to after today and the last night. I'm excited to see what he's going to say, and um, because I think God is weaving something. God is moving with us. God is speaking to us. God is rousing us. God is talking to us. God is. God is on the move with his church. He's always been on the move. And um, I really am, really am so excited about what God is doing with us. So just, um, I said this last night. I've made this decision in my heart. I don't want people to get to do more. I want to get you to love more. It's It's not about doing more stuff. It's about loving more powerfully. And love is this incredible ability for the gospel to put this chain reaction of life right through communities and into into nations and into the nations of the world. Love. Love by Dallas Willard's definition is simply this, living for the best of another. It's not a feeling, it's not an emotion, So when God says, I love you and will always love you, means this, I will always live for your best. I will always think for your best. Whatever happens, it'll be for your best. I have your best in mind. That's what it means to love. And I want to encourage us, friends. God is taking us, got to teach us. I want to talk about this. I'm getting ahead of myself of what I want to say. Let me just quickly go back. I've got a couple of slides. I hope hope they work. The first one, I just want to remind us very quickly about what Chris said to us last year. He's back this year, tomorrow. I'm very excited about what he's saying because this is what he said, if you can put it up there, Brad. He asked the question, is Jesus still compelling to you? Does Jesus still take your breath away? Does Jesus still get you excited? Does Jesus get you out of bed in the morning? Does Jesus help you? Is Jesus the focus of your life? Is Jesus still compelling? And he used this incredible text from Hebrews chapter two, verse one, and he said this. He said, we must pay more careful attention. Remember he said, you can pay pay attention, you can pay careful attention, and you can pay more careful attention. Threefold emphasis. And what you've got to pay attention about is Hebrews chapter one, which I'm gonna get into now, which is about Jesus. And he says this to the Hebrew church that is under, that is under threat, it's being, it's, it's being harassed, they, they're wanting to go back to their old ways for the sake of peace. They're wanting to just capitulate to the, 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 the world around them and just go back to their old thing, get back into Judaism, get back into, into the law. And he's asking this, do pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that you don't drift away. Drift, friends. I I think there's three big enemies of the church. One is drift. The the reason why it's such a big enemy is that you don't know you're doing it. These guys that go fishing on skis out at sea, if you're not careful, before you know it, you're a K out, and you didn't even do anything, you were just fishing. 
Drift is a very powerful thing, friends. And the world is, there's a current of the world of, of fleshliness, of carnality, of all that's going on in social media and we're getting shaped by it and we are drifting. It's pushing us. We're not living in a vacuum. Our, our, everything has been wired and the way we think has been rewired. We cannot drift. Drift. Distraction. Those two things go together. Friends, distraction is a massive thing in the church today. We are getting distracted from Jesus. We're getting distracted by the good things. Social justice is distracting us. It's a cause that is becoming Jesus. And before you know it, we've lost Jesus and lost the gospel and just doing good things. And we're not building the kingdom. The kingdom is built when the king builds the kingdom. Not when you build the kingdom, when you and I build the kingdom. We're getting distracted. We're getting distracted by all sorts of things and keeping our eyes on Jesus. If we keep our eyes on Jesus, friends, it's going to be okay. I'm absolutely convinced of it. King Jesus. Jesus Christ, Messiah. Remember, it's not his surname. It's his title. He was Israel's Messiah. But he was more than that. He was king of the world. That's what he came. He came to show them that he was king, that he was the weighted king of, of, of Israel as well. But he was so much more than that. He is the king, the savior of all the world. Let's not get distracted. And number three, which I'm going to talk about later this afternoon, is division. Friends, the power of unity, it's again, it's another one of these things that has just been like an aha moment for me. And I don't feel like there's massive division in the church. I'm just, I'm just so aware of the power of unity. The power of unity. You know, we, we look for tricks. We are, the church in particular, we are the, the absolute geniuses at making recipe theology and making formulas and doing tricks. So we want the power of God, we want healing, we want more of the power of God, we want more of all of these things. And then we get disappointed when we don't see it. But you know there's one thing that the Bible says this. It says that when you dwell in unity, God commands blessing and favor. God commands it. Doesn't just speak it, he commands it. Drift, distraction, and division are the big enemies of the church, friends and of the Western church in particular, because we are politically, nationally dividing about everything, drifting about everything, and getting distracted by everything, instead of just keeping Jesus at the center and living a simple life. So, that was like a whole bunch of points further down in my notes, but we get there now. So that was Chris. Okay, the next one, please, Brad. Brad, it is so delightful, Brad. Uh, your devotion the other day, dude, was sublime, but I was so excited. I can just see what God is doing in your life. You getting more and more and more excited for Jesus, and Jesus is getting more and more and more excited for you. And, and you're serving, it's you, nothing is too much trouble. It's, it's, you're, you're, a, you're running ahead of your generation, Brad. 
You're running ahead of your generation. Don't step back. Just keep pressing and there's more for you. Bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. Greg Haswell said this, are we preparing to pull the king's carriage? God's dreams, God's dealings with us in lines with, is in line with his dream for us. Simple. Just reminding us. Friends, the job of us is to pull the presence of Jesus, is to carry the presence of Jesus. Jesus changes atmospheres you and I don't. It's because we carry Jesus that atmospheres change, environments change, things happen. Our job, friends, is to be the horse with its blinkers on, undistracted, in harness with other horses, guns going off alongside you, apples, big piles of apples alongside you where you could easily just go there and you're just staying here because what you're pulling is more important than what you're looking at all around you. That was Greg Caswell. Next one. Thank you. Chanel, crossing the Jordan, seven fat years ahead. I've just lost 20 kgs. I'm hoping they're not seven fat years. <laughs> yeah. Did I say to you, where's my brother there? Where, where, where's he there? Where's Quabs? You got, you, got, you got hit by one of his brothers today. He said he's got a bit of marriage spread happening there. And I said, listen, but you are married, you are married to a chef. So just... And she spoke about those five things, the lost legacy, leaders, and liberty, land, those five things. When she said those things, I thought, could she be, it was like such a witness in my heart. Friends, the lost, the lost, the lost, the lost. We don't exist to do church. We don't exist together. We exist together and to send out. Together and to send out. And the sending out is about the lost. It's about the lost. The kingdom of God comes through people. I'm going to get into that now as well. Legacy, but what's coming, for the, what's coming after us? Are we looking at 50 years down the line? I, in my mind, I've always thought of this number. I suppose because our lease was 20 years, I thought, well, what's the next 20 years? And at the National Elders, somebody spoke about 50 years, and I thought, hey, man, I can't be thinking 20 years. I've got to be thinking 50 years. I would love to think 100, but I don't think I can think that far, actually. But I've, I think I've got 50 years in my mind. I'll be dead in 50 years. I won't be here in 50 years. But my, my kids and my grandchildren will. And what I give my life to now will set them up for that when I'm gone. Friends, we are not playing games. This is the eternal destiny and purpose of people that we are contending for. Leaders, land, we'll get into some of those things. And then she said this, GC, Glenridge Church, is an authentic, devoted, holy family with a message on a mission. And so really this morning I want to talk about the message and the mission. Because I think we've done holy family and I think we and authentic is one of the things that people say, you know what? I actually just love the fact that you're so down to earth. Basically they're saying, Stan, I love the fact that you're just so ordinary. Amen. Amen. I went to Hillcrest High, guys. I didn't expect to live this long. <laughs> Never mind be leading a church. I mean flapping out. I married a St. Mary's girl. 
a miracle for her. <laughs> devoted, holy, devoted, discipling, devoted. I want to talk about the message and the mission. The next slide, please, is this text in Hebrews. It says this, long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. I love the text that Melinda read out earlier. It's like the parallel text for this. Because he goes on to talk about Jesus. Colossians, we all think, wow, unity is such a big thing. Because in Jesus, all things hold together. When you come into the holding pattern of Jesus, friends, it's, he just does it. And really what this, what this means is that at various times and in various ways and through various people, God spoke to his people. But today, now, in these last days, it says, these last days, we're in the last days, he has spoken through his son. Think about that. So there's many churches with many different leaders and many different pastors and many different prophets, in many different places, and over many generations. But he speaks through his son. That's why the church fights for unity. That's why unity is such a big thing, because it's in the son. Everything comes back to the son. Friends, you know how encouraging this is? Because God didn't make a mistake when he said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to speak by my son. You know, the church is infatuated with Gen X, Gen Z, Gen Y, Gen ABC, this thing, that thing, all sorts of gens. You know, God didn't, wasn't surprised that all of a sudden there's a new, the new uh, somebody said to me, um, they're studying now, so you're reading all this stuff. They said the new white whale that you're looking for is to, is to get access to the Gen X's. You know how you get to Gen X's? Jesus. You know how you get to millennials? Jesus. Do you know how to get to baby boomers? Jesus. Do you know how to get to, it's all Jesus in various ways, in various places. Jesus is it. Authentic Jesus is it. It's like we complicate this thing. Jesus, God knows that there was going to be different generations that grow up with different stuff and being influenced. God knows all of that stuff. That's why he sent Jesus. Friends, if we want to reach the next generation, we've got to love Jesus. We've got to live for Jesus. We've got to preach Jesus. We've got to take Jesus and put Jesus into their language, but it's still Jesus. Make Jesus understandable for this generation, but it's still Jesus that we're doing it. I want to encourage us, friends. We've got to get back to Jesus. What does Jesus mean for you? And, my, 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 and this is where Chris said, pay careful attention, pay more careful attention to Jesus. I want, I want us as a leadership team, as a church, to pay more careful attention to Jesus. The nuances of Jesus. Jesus is so multifaceted. You never get to the bottom of Jesus. There's always more in Jesus. 
What is your picture of Jesus? You know the problem is, and this is what I kind of want to use this first session, I want to talk about Jesus. But you know what happens is we've got a preconceived idea of what Jesus is. You know when you meet somebody, the first question is, hey, where did you go to school? That puts you in a category. Where do you live? That puts you in another category. What work do you do? That puts you in another category. And so you've got a predetermined idea of who this person is. You don't know them from a bar soap, but already in your mind, you thought that's what they are. Because you've had a snapshot of them. You know what the problem is? Is that in the church, we grow up with a snapshot of Jesus. And then what happens is we take the snapshot and we read the scriptures through the snapshot instead of letting the scriptures determine what Jesus looks like. This is my illustration to you. Next slide, please, Brad. This is my illustration to you. Next one. That's a picture of Jesus, a traditional picture of Jesus. It's called the sacred heart of Jesus. On his heart, you can see the heart and the, the thorns and the crown and the thing and the... So all around the world in those days, medieval days, da, 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 that was the picture of Jesus. Next one. What about this one? The head of Christ, 1940. 500 million reproductions of this picture of Jesus. Most people, a lot of, not say most people, a lot of people have a picture of this in Jesus. They have the praying hands in their house and they have a picture of this in Jesus on their mantelpiece. And what this has done and these pictures have done is in our minds, we've got a picture of Jesus. And then when we read the scriptures, we read the scriptures through that lens, like we do when we meet people. The problem is, when I look at those two things, it looks like a guy that hasn't worked a day in his life. Looks like he's very well groomed, he looks very European, he looks very white, he looks long flowing hair, it's like, it's like quite feminine. As a man, to be honest, not a great picture of Jesus for me to follow. That's not the kind of Jesus that we serve, friends. We don't know what Jesus looks like. This kind of Jesus doesn't look like he showers and goes to the toilet in the morning. He looks like this guy of perfect peace, just serene, just... My gosh, friends. There's no humanity to this Jesus. He doesn't, it looks like an indecisive guy. Looks like he doesn't really know what he's going to do. It's like Jesus. Anyway, what happened in, two, in the early 2000s is a group of people got together and um, this guy led by this guy called Dr. Neve. Uh, he was from the University of Manchester. And they used a technique called forensic anthropology. And so what they did is they got... The fa they, want, they said, well, Jesus will look like the facial features, the facial features of Jesus will be similar to a typical Galilean Semite from that time of his era. And so they had, a, a Israel archaeologists had, had three skulls from that era, dated to that time. And so what they did is they put these skulls and they kind of got bits from the Bible and, and they kind of came up with a picture of what Jesus would look like. And this is what it is. Now, I'm not saying that's what Jesus looks like. It's typically what he would look like. 
Put it this way, Jesus looks more like that than what he does the other side. You know what's amazing about this picture? It's so ordinary. So ordinary. It's like a human picture of Jesus. The problem is, friends, when we think of Jesus, would you like to put that picture on your mantelpiece? Praying hands? Praying hands and then that guy there on your, on your mantelpiece. People come in, hey, who's this dude? Ah, oh, it's Jesus next to the praying hands. And if you wouldn't like to put that on your picture, say that was Jesus and you wouldn't want to put it on your mantelpiece, why wouldn't you? You know why, friends? Because there's something that we want Jesus to look like. And it's, it's kind of, we want a marketable Jesus. Not a Jesus that you can realize why he was single. Like, only joking. No, no I'm serious, friends. This is, this is the Jesus that we're worshiping. We're saying, God, whatever you look like, we will one day know what he looks like because remember, Jesus is a man sitting at the right hand of the Father. You can't see God, but you can see Jesus. So we will one day know Jesus intimately, face to face. We'll think, oh my gosh, is that what you look like? And maybe it's maybe even different to that one as well. What's your picture of Jesus? If our kind of picture like that is so different, how different is, is, is the picture in our mind and in our hearts of Jesus? Have we, you see, part of what we're wanting to do is we're wanting to go on a journey to discover more of what Jesus is like. And this is where Hebrews chapter one so beautifully begins to keep us moving forward. Hebrews chapter one, let's just go back to that other one there, Brad, with the, yeah, that one. So long ago, at many times, in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these day, last days, he's spoken to us by his son. Next one. Whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of majesty on high, having become as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. I want to give you a snapshot of Jesus. Because you know what we also do, friends? Is we, we, we relegate Jesus to Savior. And he's way more than Savior. There's one line there that takes you to Jesus, the Savior. This is Jesus. Jesus is the heir of the Father's creation. What he's trying to say is Jesus is preeminent. If you are the heir of the creator God's creation, it means that you are unparalleled, 
unequaled and matchless. You are preeminent. You are the heir and parent. You are the heir. The exciting thing about that, friends, is that we are co-heirs. Which means we have an inheritance in Jesus. Jesus' inheritance is our inheritance. So when we think of Jesus, do we think of inheritance? That he is preparing us now to rule and reign in this life so that we can rule and reign in the new heaven and earth. We are co-heirs. We are heirs with him. But he is the heir of the creator God. It means we have purpose and we have destiny. So if we understand Jesus the heir, we're grateful for what God has got for us. What about this next one? He is the agent of the Father's creation through whom he created. He's not only the heir, he's the agent of creation. Melinda read that out in Colossians chapter one as well. He's the agent of Father's creation. So when it says there, through whom he created the world, that word world there is the world universe, um, and it's the Greek word aeon, where we get our word eon from. So when he says that he's the agent, so not only it's through him that this happened, Jesus, it's through him, we are his brother, remember, huh? This is phenomenal. It means that Jesus made more than just the material world. It means that Jesus is also the God of the eons. Which means, friends, that Jesus has the ages in his hand. Friends, it is not by mistake that you and I live in this time, in this city, at this place, and worship in this church. Jesus has all of this in his hands. You understand, he's the agent of creation. He, 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 has, he has the time in his hands. He knows the season we've been through. He knows what we're facing. He's got all of this. He knows this. And it gives us comfort and it gives us solace to know that King Jesus has got this in his hand. He's the agent of creation. You and I are co-agents with him. But he is the agent. We are those that steward his agency on this earth. Jesus is wanting to do stuff. Jesus is wanting to continue to move. And he uses us, his co-agents, to bring it into being. I mean, Jesus, God could just do it. Just speak it. Gone. In. But he doesn't. His plan was to create humans on this earth to serve him and to display his splendor. And we are the co-agents with him. Don't ever forget it, friends. What about the next one? He's the radiance of the Father's glory. The radiance of God. Radiance is like a beam or a ray. It means that he through 
who he is, who he reflects, he perfectly reflects the glory of God. But this beam also means this. It means just like we can't gaze into the sun because we get blinded by it, but we can appreciate the rays of the sun. In the same way, as God is too magnificent to gaze into, but we can understand him by the rays, the beam, the radiance of his S-O-N. So the weightiness of God, it's like it's been compacted down into Jesus, this human. What's your picture of, mind picture of Jesus? He's the exact image of the Father's nature. See the exact imprint. It's like a stamp. Like you would take a wax and a stamp and sign it and then it would leave the imprint. So Jesus is the exact shape of the Father's nature. That's why we've got to consume the Gospels, friends, because you're getting to know God when you read about Jesus. You can't see the Father, but you can see the Son, and the Son in His humanity wants to display Himself through you and I by having, putting our faith in Him and becoming like Him and doing what He's doing. Exact imprint of his nature. People get a picture of what God is like through his church that is meant to be the image of Jesus. That is why it's so important, friends, that we live a life of godliness, the Bible will talk about. It's so important that we pull all this together because it's a, we the imprint. Jesus is the imprint and we the reflection of Jesus. It's like we've got this thing going. And the way the world knows God is through you and me. That's why holiness is such a big thing. Because what we portray is a holy God or not. So all of these things about Jesus are in some measure true of us, although we can't ever, it can't ever be fully true of us because we're not Jesus. But we can, by the Spirit of God, be empowered to reflect Him powerfully, to, to reveal Him powerfully. What about this one? He's the sustainer of the Father's creation. He's the agent, but He's also the one that upholds it. It means, friends, Jesus is not uninvolved. Jesus is sustaining and maintaining. He, he's, not, he's not a static God that's done his work and then watches it unfold. He's moving, he's acting by his spirit, by the Holy Spirit. He's acting and moving and thinking and, and, and he's using us and he's empowering us and, he, and he's got all of this in his hands and he understands where we are and he's moving and he's sustaining all the time. That is why we, as the church, are meant to be prophetic people, a prophetic people moving things towards the kingdom of God as God sustains and maintains the church, the people of God, in our everyday life are doing exactly that. We're a display of that glory, of that splendor, sustaining and maintaining and moving towards. That is why, friends, Jesus is the growth program of the church. Because he's sustaining and maintaining. Thank God, not us. 
That's why if you put Jesus at the center and put Jesus, things will get healthier and things will grow and healthy things grow. Just Jesus. And when our life is falling apart, we know, we hear what Melindy said, that all things hold together in him. Even when your things are falling apart, you know that he is sustaining and he is maintaining and you put yourself at rest in him and say, God, please help me in my unbelief. Please help me in this place to find rest in the midst of this. I know you are sustaining. You're the one that's upholding all things. Surely if you're upholding all things, you can uphold my little life. He is the means of forgiveness. The means of forgiveness. This is what we major on. This is what we know Jesus to be. This is the gospel of the good news that we're part of a new covenant. That Jesus has died and he's lived the life that we should have lived and he's died the death that we should have died. And he's imparted his righteousness to us and we are the righteousness of God and we can live shame-free, guilt-free before the throne of heaven even though we know that we're shot through with sin most of the time. Because he is the means of forgiveness. He is the one that reconciles, that pulls things together on things on heaven and things on earth. Melindy read it also earlier on. Reconciling all things through the blood of the new covenant. He is the more superior revelation of the prophets. Which means that when you read the prophets, you read Jesus. That's why when you, the Old Testament has got Jesus wrapped in it, in code. When you read the Old Testament, you can see it pointing to Jesus because he is the superior revelation, more superior than the prophets. So the prophets are speaking, but they don't know what they're speaking because Jesus is so much more superior and involved than whatever they knew. He's also the superior mediator. We don't need prophets, we don't need angels, we have Jesus. If you know Jesus, you can hear God. If you know Jesus, you've got everything, friends. If you know Jesus, nothing is impossible. If you know Jesus, even when it doesn't work out like we expected it to, we still find rest and peace. Because he's got all things in his hands. He's the God of ages. Friends, I was chatting to one of my mates the other day and he was getting frustrated that he's understanding more and more of the kingdom of God. And he's getting frustrated because he's not, he's not seeing the kingdom of God come through his prayers. Healing or the, kind of the, 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 the supernatural, the power of God moving through that. I was looking at this this today this yesterday and I thought you know what Jesus is not a formula Jesus is not it's not recipes if you put this together with this 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 and that's what you get Jesus has got a complex job he's like over the whole universe molecules are at his disposal when we don't get what we get, there might be something that we've done wrong. Maybe we've missed something. Maybe our emphasis is wrong. But friends, can I just say this? Jesus knows what he's doing. Just stay with Jesus and let him do it. And if it doesn't work out like you thought, just stay with Jesus and let him do it. 
because maybe that healing or that power in this moment would be unhelpful for you and unhelpful for whoever else or whatever's gonna happen because God's got a better plan. Remember, Jesus is of a better covenant. He is of a better plan. So Jesus is better than what we could ever think of. And he's got it all in his hands. You know, friends, churches go through waves of of increase and then sending and then it goes through tough times, hard times, this times, all sorts of things. If you don't keep your eyes on Jesus, you can think you're going nuts or you think there's something wrong with you. If we believe Jesus is building his church, we keep our eyes on Jesus and we receive with special grace and peace whatever season we're in. And we say, God, we want more. Take us, keep us on the prophetic cutting edge of what you're doing. I don't care how many people are here. You know, you know what happens with me? Can I just be vulnerable for a moment? I kind of normally am, but just, you know, I, I, I say numbers don't matter. But numbers actually do. Because all of us measure ourselves by numbers, bank accounts, whatever it is, numbers. What if numbers weren't the big thing, but Jesus was? If Jesus was it, friends, keep our eyes on Jesus. And let God, let Jesus take care of the things. Friends, I wanna plant churches. I wanna see Jesus' name in Komashu be lifted up. I wanna see Jesus' name in the whole ink area with plants, church plants from this church going into those regions. I wanna see this church planting churches back in, in Mozambique and, and Zimbabwe. But you can't make that happen. God's gotta do it. Keep your eyes on Jesus. I'm speaking to myself now. It's like Stan, you can't make that happen. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Friends, the message, going back to Chanel's thing, the message, a holy family with a message on a mission. The message is Jesus. The message is Jesus. The answer is Jesus. The answer is us becoming better followers of Jesus. The answer to it is us becoming more mature followers of Jesus. For us understanding Jesus more profoundly. That is what we're called to do as a church. You know what the vision of the church is? Jesus and his kingdom. The vision of the church is Jesus and the kingdom. You move Jesus and his kingdom out the way, the church just You put Jesus and the kingdom at the center, that's the vision of the church. The message of the church is Jesus. What I've just read out. That's the message of the church. You've, we've just got to unpack that for our lives so we can understand it better. And we pass that on. The mission of the church is to make disciples of all nations. Make followers of Jesus of all nations. 
The vision of the church is Jesus and his kingdom. The mission of the church is, is to make followers of that Jesus into that kingdom in all nations. It's simple, friends. That's it. That is it. Everything we do as a church is to that end. Everything. And my prayer for us as a community of people is that would be so much part of our, who we are, that it just happens. I know we need leaders. I know we need structures and we need discipline. We need disciplines. That's what, it's kind of, you, you need these things. You need some things just to help us. But as a leadership team, that's what's got to ooze out of us. What would Jesus say? What would Jesus do? All those things, you know, bangles and all that stuff. And what happens is it becomes a trite bangle and we lose the reality of what would Jesus do in this situation. The vision of Jesus, the vision is Jesus and his kingdom. The message is Jesus and his works. The mission is to make followers of Jesus and of all nations. Simple, simple, simple. The reason why we are in this room, friends, is because God is asking you to spearhead that. It is the ultimate priority of your life. Not of the church, not of me, of Jesus. What is more important than Jesus? Do we believe that though? Because either Jesus is who he says he is or he isn't. Lunatic, liar or Lord. You know that saying? Somebody said that, I think. C.S. Lewis. or said Jesus is, is either liar or lunatic or Lord. You can't have one or the other. You have to have one of those three. Either he's a lunatic, he's flipping off his head. Or he's a liar, he's not who he says he is. Or he's Lord. He is the heir. He is the one that upholds. He is the one that creates. He is, that, he is the sustainer. He is the radiance. He is the exact image. Is he that? Of God, friends. It's the, it's the holiness of the picture of Jesus that's in our minds that needs to be. And my prayer for us, ongoing, is Lord, please give us and print it on our hearts. I want it. I want more, Lord. Just point me in the right direction. And let me run for you, Jesus. You know what the church needs more of? The thing that it needs the most of? Jesus followers that make Jesus followers. By the Spirit. And guess what a Jesus follower that makes Jesus followers is called? A leader. That's why the whole church is leaders. We should be leading people to Jesus, so, which means you're a leader. You should be influencing people towards Jesus, which makes you a leader. Imagine if everybody, we called the leaders meeting and the whole church arrived because they all saw themselves as leaders. Friends, there's people sitting, I, honestly, to see Sam and Trudy here, I'm thinking, Sam and Trudy, you've got to see yourself as leaders. God, I've seen you as a leader the moment you stepped into this church. But you've got to see yourself as a leader. And we've got to call this out of people, friends. We've got to stop faffing around with people and just call people out. 
Josh Spooner, you're a leader, dude. You're going to lead a church one day. Goodbye to civil engineering. Welcome to the club. Welcome to the club. I tell you what, I started writing a list. This is not in my notes. Sandy, you're a Jesus lady. You, you, you have a Jesus heart. We friends is a Jesus school. Because of what you put into it. You're a leader. You know that. I, I tell you friends, there's this, I, I wrote a list. Part of what I'm going to talk about is, is this word of land and multiple properties and you know, friends, if we go multi-site again or multi-church or whatever it's called now, multi-congregational, whatever, it's, whatever it is, because I can see God doing something like that. I'm not saying it is God. I, just, I can see God putting that back onto the agenda because I don't know if big crowds of people are going to do it in this next season. I think it's going to be smaller groups of people, three, 500 people at a time. But you know what? We need to do that. Leaders. We need eldership teams to stand up. So I started writing down a list of people. I just kind of looked at the prayer meeting and just started writing that just off the top of my head of, of people that I would love to invite to do some eldership training with. Whether you're an elder in this church or whether you're an elder in another church, you're going to be an elder. I got to 20 like that. I got to 20 like that. I didn't, it wasn't even a just boom, 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 boom. Oh, okay. Friends, you know, you know how unusual that is in a church. It's not usual. Because God has called this church to influence this city and the nations of the world with the name of Jesus. And it doesn't matter what color you are, it doesn't matter what language you speak, it doesn't matter what gender you are. Jesus followers make Jesus followers. And they steward the presence of God and they steward the life of God and they understand the dynamics of the Spirit of God. And we worship and we give our lives to Him. Some of you need to start putting Jesus at the priority of your life and standing up and saying, actually, you know what? The Bible says this, those who desire the office of an elder desire a noble thing. It's not wrong to desire what God's called you to But don't worry because I'm going to call you. Fred Bester. I'm going to call you. And you can say no or you can say yes. Emmanuel and Aldine. I'm going to call you. Mark and Glenda, I'm going to call you. I'm going to call you. And you can say no or you can say yes. What's your picture of Jesus? Is Jesus still compelling, friends? I tell you, last night, I just, when he started singing that song, Worthy, I actually just, I couldn't even sing it. I was just so profoundly ministered to by Jesus. I don't know what he did. I didn't feel, I didn't feel like fuzzies. I just was so ah, in here. Jesus, put your life in our heart, Lord. 
Help us to see you for who you are, Lord. I pray, Lord God, you'd not be a name on a page. I pray you'd not be some concept in, in some theological formation. Some good thing that works compared to other religions. I pray, Jesus, that you would be some so real to us, Lord, and so tangible to us that we could do nothing else except live our lives for you and live under your sustaining, holding, forgiving hand. Jesus, I pray that there'd be no other cause, there'd be no other name, there'd be no other person that we would give our lives to but you, Jesus. Give us strength and courage, Kathy said last night. Crossing over means strong and courageous. Crossing over means faith. Crossing over means obedience. Crossing over means following the ark, following the presence of God, following Jesus, who is the radiation, the radi, the sun's, the father's rays. We follow him, we follow the father. And I pray, Lord God, that when we may make much of you, you will have your way with us. Whatever that looks like, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.